So, everybody loves Google Docs. I am not so much of a fan. You've been pulled kicking and screaming into it, and you've been so kind about it. I've loved it. <laughs> That's right. I'd much prefer to use Notes. It's just that Notes and Pages do not have nearly as good collaboration. I use Notes every day now, thanks to you, but I refuse to use it collaboratively. So by myself, I'm a full Notes person. Collaboratively is fantastic for when it's like not needed to be in real time. So Asynchronous. Like, right. Here's my challenge to you. In Google Docs, right now, you've, you've got it open. Put your cursor somewhere. Insert an emoji. Go. Wait. Okay. So I don't. I actually open up text edit, pull in an emoji, copy and paste it into Google Docs. Like I've had to do this for years because it's a piece of app. Yeah, it's not. It Wait. doesn't work. My little my little emoji editor yes. doesn't pop up. So this is what I'm talking about with native code. You know, like Google Docs does not use the native text editing capabilities of the browser. It sort of replicates it, and you get you run into like this. So that's why. At the end of the day, even though pages and notes are just so fundamentally behind when it comes to being able to collaboratively edit a document, I will use those over something like this any day of the week. Just so you can put your emojis in. <laughs> no, just so that it's native. There, There is yeah. a fundamental difference with the philosophy of some of these apps. When I'm creating text, the native experience matters to me so much. It's why I cannot write in WordPress. I cannot write content in WordPress in the Gutenberg editor, even though I, in a mm. tiny way, contributed to that existing. <sighs> I have to use text edit on the Mac or actually I'm liking Mars edit. I like bear notes, Apple notes because they are either strictly native or close to native. There's just something about the cursor delay, the way the keyboard behaves. Um, so I do not create mm. content in Google docs unless I know I'm going to need to synchronously show that content to another friend or colleague. Then I do it. Otherwise I'm native all the way. But oh, I love talking about um, software for writing because for me, it's such a fundamental piece of who I am is writing words. And it's what my first computers, it's about all they could do, you know? Yes, the cursor. I, exactly. I remember sitting down one day at my computer and I'd have been about six or seven years old and going, I'm going to learn how to copy and paste today. I've seen this concept somewhere. And I want to figure out how it works. <laughs> wow. I'm just imagining little Sadia, like a bluey show. Cute little kid sitting at a keyboard. Yeah. So excited. Bright eyes. Let's continue. <laughs> Copy, face. <laughs> and I would mess with Clarisworks and Hypercard and Eliza. That was the first AI that I ever interacted with. I have heard so many older podcasters talk about Hypercard, how it was just the way you could connect things was just this revolutionary thing. I think I played with Eliza as well. For me, I remember using the stupid little clippy knockoffs. It was like a little parrot or a little panda that would talk to you, and I would talk to it and try to get interactions back with it and find out later it was basically spyware on Windows computers. But Good. <laughs> oh, no. Good, good, good. All right. Well, welcome, everybody, to episode uh, – this is episode 15 of Ultra Pro Max. Uh, this is the podcast where we talk about app development – and the Apple ecosystem. Uh, so, Sadia, you're finally launching Amber Hour to the App Store, going beta testing. You're going to Google Play as well. Uh, talk, talk to us about that process. 
It's been quite a process, and it's been hard because we've got a deadline. We've we've got a launch party organized nice. on a particular date in January, That's so fun. and so we like <laughs> we need to get things sorted before then. And then we've had we told people we we're going to beta test on this particular date, and I didn't realize, uh, or I just forgotten that your beta build needs to pass app review. Yep. Well, thankfully, it only took us maybe a day to get passed, but the review you know returned a few things that we had to fix so it was ended up being two or three days of back and forth so amber hour is a subscription uh situation right you pay a certain amount of money each month and you get in return for that the ability to go to craft breweries and distilleries near you and redeem drinks so when we first built it i built out everything with an account sort of situation where you you logged in, you signed up and you had an account and uh, early on we even had you know put in your credit card information and all of that sort of stuff. We've got your name and your date of birth and your email address. And as we were developing we decided we don't want to do Stripe. We're going to stick with iOS native subscriptions. And there are some trade-offs there, but one of the biggest uh, concerns about it is you're not allowed to do an iOS subscription for physical goods. Also, under the liquor license in Australia, we're not allowed to give away beers. And so we've been very careful from the very beginning that we're only selling a subscription that gives you credits to redeem. We're selling redemption tokens, and breweries will then exchange those for beers not us because we don't have a liquor license right and so we thought oh it should be fine but apple pulled us up on it and they said oh this looks like you're selling physical goods i mentioned all the account stuff earlier because if we're using in-app subscriptions we don't actually need any user accounts so we pulled all user accounts out of the app entirely you don't have to sign up you just get a subscription that was like a whole revelation a whole mind-blown moment of Hmm. we don't even need users anymore and then Apple turns around and goes, oh, actually, we think you're doing physical goods. And so now, and then we're like scratching our heads going, oh, does this mean we have to turn accounts and add credit card forms in there with Stripe integration? And that's not a great experience. Wait, so you're now at that stage where you, this is opened up? So now what we decided to do, we took a bunch of features and we just paywalled them in the app, right? There's a map view showing you all of the breweries near you. We hid that. Only premium subscribers get that. And then there was like some details about each brewery that only subscribers get that. And we even added like, yeah, brewery reviews. We didn't have that as a feature, but we put that in there and said, oh, you only get to review if you're a subscriber. And then if you are a subscriber, it just says coming soon. (laughs) Sneaky. We put all of this like paywalled content in there and that got us through app review because now we actually had digital content that we were unlocking with our subscription. There's a cynical part of me. Uh, all right. A couple of things. First of all, congratulations. That's a massive deal. You've been working so hard on this for so long. I don't want to take that away. I'm going into all kinds of logistical thoughts. But <laughs> congratulations. Good work. How do you feel? It's not done yet. There's okay. still work to do. We got, it, we got it in beta testing, and it's just about – it actually hasn't been approved for the main store yet, but but we're really close there. Um, but now we got to get it working on Android, man. That's the worst part. My app still doesn't work on Android. I, the thing is, I have nothing to test it with. Yeah, that's it. I'm really not not that motivated to test, to be honest, you know. 
Uh, we have one founder who uses Android who can test it, but... Well, this is a side tangent, uh, but even then, if you have one device that works on it, it would work. I borrowed my friend's phone, worked on that phone. Anyone else that used it didn't work on those phones. Worked on a couple of them, yeah. and that's it. This so anyways, is the problem with Android. I was uh, working on an app, and so I actually got a Pixel 5e at the time, which is actually a relatively modern device at the time, and I would test on that. But that doesn't account for the Samsungs. That doesn't account for all these other massive devices. It's a... <laughs> I know you have uh, pre-existing requirements for why you need Android, but yeah. man, there's so little money on that platform. So I actually want to – you got me thinking about something. It's crazy to me, and maybe this is just because I'm kind of looking at it from the outside as a designer, that we have something like YouTube which exists as trust everyone first. Let everyone create their videos, and then we'll demonetize later if we catch you on stuff or we'll shut you down later. But Apple is like, no, we, we unless you're a special player, they say to be clear, Apple has said they treat all apps the same and there are no unique instances. That's fine. Um, but unless you're a, a privileged or blessed um, app developer, you are 100% at the mercy of Apple for creating their apps. It always strikes me as funny that we think that we're in this evolved state of the world is my oasis. I can make anything I want. And then you hit app review and dreams are crushed. <laughs> and I think it was Ben Thompson who said, like, well, maybe it's Gruber. What kind of chilling effect have we had on developers who have pre-filtered themselves to never make an idea because they're trying to get it through the circus of app review versus what if you could make more ideas first and then it gets shut down afterward? I just think um, designers and developers and founders pre-filter themselves so much that we, while we've gotten many fantastic apps over the last decade and a half, what have we lost just because of this weird, archaic um app reviewer having a good day or a bad day affects your entire life for the app you've built. Have you heard of that many people getting shut down by app review? I mean, I went through the process for my app and it wasn't terribly complex, but I wasn't doing any like kind of crazy monetary things either. I'm speaking either. more to the chilling effect of developers deciding not to try ideas because they're worried that it's going to take months of effort and then they'll have to pivot. Mm. But anecdotally, I am familiar with companies I've been in where the founders have submitted apps and then just hearing stories. And this is very anecdotal from the podcast I listened to, right. like Casey Liss with Call Sheet, just the frustration he went through and the idiocy with which he spoke with several app reviewers before he actually got someone who was willing to put two and two together to get it through app review because there was nothing actually wrong. And the uh. way it works is you've got these poor app reviewers they're probably making very little money. They've got a certain amount of reviews they must do in a given week, I'm guessing, right? They've got a quota to hit. So they might have a good 30 seconds, two minutes. I'm, I'm making up numbers to review an app. And this is something that Sadia has spent six months of his life. Mm. Um, so I, I don't know. This is me just kind of <laughs> frustrated at what developers have to deal with. The European Union is trying hard to change this, and I think they're misguided. We'll see what happens. <laughs> Oh, unpack that. How are they trying to change it? There's been multiple attempts over the last few years, and there's so many legal cases in various countries, but most specifically, the European Union as a whole is challenging Apple to allow sideloading, to allow for, quote-unquote, a mimicking of the experience of Google, Google Play, but there's so much nuance to that, and I think a lot of the legislators in power don't understand the nuances and I'm worried they're going to mess it up. Forgive me. What do you mean by sideloading? Is this like an antitrust thing or? So imagine there's the app store and then also there's another 
third-party app store that can also install apps on your device. You're probably going to see Epic with their own app store for their particular games, and you're probably going to see like some porn app stores because Apple will never allow porn on the app store, mm-hmm. and things like that. Uh, things that wouldn't get through normally on the app store will appear in there. There'll there'll be one for little side utilities that maybe hack, you know, some core functionality of your phone that you would normally use it some jailbreaking technique to get access to. Apple would never allow it on the App Store, but maybe a third-party Cydia-style App Store would exist for that sort of thing too. Gotcha. So just the, the EU is just trying to allow the creation of a third-party App Store to download apps on your device. Yes. And related to, is has Apple gotten so big that there needs to be some antitrust legislation brought against them to allow other players in. Um, Epic is a fascinating case itself that, you know, this is the the uh, company that makes Fortnite where they're saying, hey, we should be allowed to have more flexibility and let other players come in. But with their own Epic store, they don't do that. They don't, they have their own platform where they are just as stringent as Apple. So it's a little bit like the billionaire complaining against the trillionaire for not being treated fairly. Fascinating. Well, Sadia, you're also working on another new app uh, with looks like a tool here in parentheses that I don't know how to pronounce. Uh, unpack this for me. Oh, give it a take shot. Take your best stab at it. Zamanim. 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 This is like sea anemone. Nice. <laughs> I think it's Zanim. Yeah. Oh, the M is silent. Zanium. Maybe the Z is silent. Na- it's, na- no, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> you're both wrong. It's Zmanim. It's Zmanim. It's a Hebrew word. Oh. It means times. It's It means time. So, yes, I was feeling frustrated with all this Amber Hour flutter work. And I was like, you know what? I've had this idea in my notes document with my app ideas. Uh, and I was just browsing through my notes. And I saw, oh, yeah, there's this little app to tell you the prayer times throughout the, throughout the day. The, the Jewish prayer times you're supposed to pray at particular times and before this time and after this time and this sort of thing. And these are called Zmanim, the times. And so I thought I will build a little app to do it. Of course, some apps already exist, but none of them are really pretty. I, it was because I heard this episode of Under the Radar where one of those guys was talking about having an app where they experiment where they, they try new things out there and it's sort of their little playground. And I thought, oh, I'd like to have a little Swift UI playground app. So it's my name would be great because it'd be perfect for widgets. It'd be great for live activities. It would be good for watch complications, things like that. So I thought, I wonder how quickly I can build this. And I got started and built it all with Swift UI. And it took me about, well, I'm not finished yet, but I reckon by the time I'm ready to publish it'll be three days wow that's without widgets and watch complications it's just the core app but what do you think in in my day job i worked with a team where we went from an idea to live nine business days later including an ipad app that users were using and wow it was so fun. I, I did not do a single line of code. My only job was basically to review what this amazing developer was doing and just give some quick UX feedback for him to move things around. And there was something about that. Uh, frankly, it was absolutely astounding what he did. So I do not want to discredit the value of what he created. It was 
it was he did a really great job but there's something about we have to have this done by this day it's less than two weeks out so you just have to make so many quick decisions about things you will not do far more than what you want to do just to make sure that this is usable on that date and in a way i think that's really freeing sometimes because i had another project i was working on where we had like ah i have two months to design this perfect interface frankly that's terrifying because you get so many expectations put on yourself for all the things you have to account for as a designer. Mm. And then I talked to a developer. He's like, Joshua, uh, what if we had something up by Friday, four days from now? Um, could you just work with me to kind of just have a quick hackathon to play some stuff and we'll do a quick test and we'll, ha- we'll have it live? Yeah, that's and how I, you do it, man. We're actually that's meeting awesome. tomorrow and we're going to do that. And I'm so that excites me because I'd much rather have it live on Friday, spend a few days getting data from user and then make another tiny iteration. So for Sadia, kudos to you. That is just a awesome way to do stuff and I think it's so fun. Oh, this is this is so cool. You've I've been wanting to learn Swift for a while, like native Swift development for a while now and I I might need to peek at your idea bank or something because I need like a small little idea because you're not going to learn anything unless you have a project and go tackle it. Yeah, exactly. And the beautiful thing about this idea is that it doesn't need an internet connection. Like everything's handled in the app. I don't need to talk to any third parties. There's there's just that one simple library that I include for Gregorian to Hebrew date conversion, and it's all self-contained. Right? There's there's no complicated bits and pieces. I'm not going to put a subscription in it because I want it to be really simple. I just sell it for a particular price. Uh, and you're absolutely right, Luke. I think the best way of learning something is just to have a project and have at it. Just go for it. Yeah, that's so cool. And you need the kind of project that will allow you to focus on the things. Yeah, because if you don't have any kind of database connectivity, you don't have any authentication, you don't have anything like that. It's just, let me play with the cool Swift UI features and the widgets. And are you mm-hmm. is the next thing on your to-do list the interactive widgets? So I said it. it's taken me three days, which is not quite fair. I've, it's taken me two days, but I just have a little bit left to do. So I'm going to say three days, um, and then I'm going to publish it, and then I'll work on widgets and and watch complications. I think they're the most important. But then we need to have, a, at some point, we need to have a talk about advertising and like marketing, how to get your app out there, mm-hmm. what tools do you use to make your app look good on the App Store. We could talk about that another week. I, I started using a particular tool with Amber Hour to generate the screenshots, all of that. Oh, that's sweet. There's many, many things we could get to in the days ahead, which is exciting. Uh, but in the days behind us and in this scheme of the opposite of doing all this stuff, Joshua, you took some time off over Christmas break to do nothing. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about it that. It was fantastic having the full week off along with both weekends and just forcing myself to not be productive in any way. I had a moment where I was even going to um, edit a podcast, but then Sadia <laughs> um, took over it. And so I didn't even have to do that. And I just spent that time hanging out with my family, listening to audiobooks, uh, chilling. And I think it's so important to disconnect as much as possible because when you come back, you can just feel more energized. So it was fantastic. It, it felt great. I'm looking forward to... Maybe doing this a little bit more this year. We'll see how that goes. Just having a couple times throughout the year where I take a little bit of a break. I I think, especially as my kids are getting older, my wife and I just want to have more time just to be with them. So that that's me. It was great. That's beautiful. Are you thinking like uh, weeks at a time or a week here and there, a couple days here I, and there? I would love to have 
one or two, I mean, I'll take all I can get, right? But one or two more just completely dead weeks this year where there's zero expectations on our family. We're not even traveling. And we could just spend that time hanging out together. That's what I'm hoping we can do. Alive weeks. Alive weeks. Oh, that's a better way to put it. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, that's kind of cool, actually, because so many, yeah, whenever families get time off, it's like, well, we got to go somewhere. We got to take advantage of it. And then there's all some me and some of my other friends have the jokes that like our families get along great when we're just going about our daily lives. But on vacation, it's like, oh, now the rubber hits the road and we have to get along with each other and my wife and i have found on the we've done this a couple of times with long uh four or five days together where we do nothing we hang out with friends uh we we mm-hmm. eat food we play games and sure we putz around the house and do, do like we'll, we'll have a project like oh we want to tr- do this project but it's not related to anything that <laughs> will increase our income it's just about spending time and playing together and my wife and i will often just kind of look at each other at the end of this like oh we really like just hanging out with each other when we don't have all the stresses bearing down on us from our busy life, uh, which makes me question all kinds of things about my life. But that's for a different podcast. Huh. Amazing. Joshua, uh, T14 in the notes. Um, explain. There was no context. So uh, a couple of friends and myself. So my brother and two of my friends and actually a few others who we invited, but they decided to say no, have been planning for months an all-day board game. So this is Twilight Imperium 4th Edition. And if you look this up, it, it takes, if you don't know what you're doing, it is a 12-hour board game. If you're really good and know what you're doing, it's about a 6- to 9-hour board game. So yesterday, all four of us showed up. We had the table laid out. And at 9 a.m., my friend got there to set up the game even before then. But at 9 a.m., we started playing. This game has 10 rounds. By four and a half hours into it, we had completed one round. Boy. (laughs) So we ate lunch. We looked at each other and we said, we've got to do better. (laughs) So the next round, I think, took two hours. And then we started being able to bust through a round in about 45 minutes. It was one of those things that it took us months and months of logistically to get all of our schedules lined up to be able to do this. And it was so fun. I told my wife late at night as I was driving back home because it was 12 hours we were at this. I told her that I loved it, and she was like, oh, no, that means you're going to want to do this again. Um, (laughs) We just sat all day long and played, and I I cannot make a habit of this just because of the way my life is, but it was really fun. The the hours just flew by, and it reminded me of my teen years where we do LAN parties, and we'd all like put computers together and just play with friends for a day. Uh, Really quickly, what happened is... I shot ahead, so I got to 8 points out of 10 very quickly. This is all relative in the game. (laughs) But relative to how fast the rest of the team, I shot ahead. So half of the game is strategy. The other half is politics. That's how they've built this game. So the other three immediately banded together to stop me from getting another point. And that it was on me. I, I know enough about these types of games to not, I could have like slowed down my points, but I thought I could get to the end and go home. (laughs) <laughs> he loved it, but not that much. <laughs> yes, the th- the other three banded together. And then what happened is my brother, uh, Jonathan, managed right at the end to score four points in a round, which is basically perfect. It's like doing the absolute perfect thing in a round. And so he shot ahead and won the game. And there was this moment where there was a little bit of incredulation from one or two of the others about how like, they were so focused on me that he won. <laughs> 
<laughs> but all, Devastating. all around, we had a fantastic time. It was, if you're going to put people in a room for that long, like we got along really well. And it's a war game, but we never actually had a battle. So you can fight, but you just we never, never did because we. It all depends on the play styles of the people there. We all were really nice to each other. Like, hey, if you'll allow me into the do this, I'll allow you to do this, and we did so much of that we never actually fought. Well, as, speaking of waiting for things forever, as we wrap up this podcast, just a quick note on uh, the Vision Pro. Josh, you've been waiting for this. You the notes say Vision Pro time, baby. Are you <sighs> getting in on this? Um, it's been announced that pre-orders will start in January. Like. I don't have official like I don't have the, all the details up in front of me, but first of February, Vision Pros will start shipping, and we have information on the costs. If you have prescription glasses, that's included. So I, I'm excited. I'm not going to buy one. I have at my day job been. Um, uh, I'm not the only one. A number of us are trying to see if it, if if it can make sense because I work at a company that has an app, so it may make sense for us to have one for for work. And if so, I'm really excited about that. But that's still up in the air. We'll see. Well, with that, um, we will wrap this up. Uh, we'll continue dreaming about the Vision Pro. As always, feel free to send us an email at uh, email at ultrapromax.fm. We would love to hear from you. We would love to hear uh, some feedback or you know different topics or questions, things you'd like to hear discussed in the show. Thank you all so much for listening, and uh, we'll see you next week.